0: You're looking at the big picture with Edwin Eisentraff on WCPD 820.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Three o'clock, a little after three o'clock on this uh, fall, chilly fall day in the upper Midwest. And. Um, I'm grateful to be joined by Ben Wickler, who leads the Wisconsin Democrats. He is, of course, at the center of ground zero to save American democracy and very busy. So getting some of his time, really grateful for that. Ben, welcome back.
0: It's great to be back with you. Ed. This is go time.
1: It is go time. I, I have so many things I want to talk to you about, but why don't we start with the big races in your state?
0: Sure. So we have two giant races but a whole bunch of races that really matter and 24 days to win them so I'll start at the top of the ticket the governor's race with Tony Evers our great incumbent Democratic governor uh, when he beat Scott Walker in 2018 it was called the biggest upset of the year won by a single percentage point against uh, you know someone who would just run for president I mean a very strong Republican. Governor Evers has done the right thing every day of his, of his term, and he's paved roads, he's brought down costs for people, he's including a 15% middle class tax cut, uh, he's invested in community safety all over the state, in small businesses, opening doors across main streets all over Wisconsin, and he's done everything that a governor of Wisconsin can to protect the right for people to make their own decisions over their own bodies. And on the Republican side of this race is a total extremist named Tim Michaels, who owes his entire primary victory to Donald Trump's endorsement and has openly flirted with the idea of trying to decertify the last election and try to retroactively overturn 2020, let alone uh, rigging the next election. He's promises they will sign every voter suppression bill that that Governor Evers has vetoed. So Tim Michaels is, is running for governor. The context for this is Wisconsin almost always chooses a governor from the opposite party as the president. The last time Democrats won a governor's race when there was a Democratic president was 1962 when President Kennedy had a 65 percent approval rating after the Cuban Missile Crisis. And we won by just one percentage point. So despite that, this race is now tied. It is even like literally 50-50 in the latest CBS News poll. uh, Just about every poll has this in it. dead heat. And that means that it's going to come down to you know two or three votes per ward across the state. That's what it was last time. That's what four of the last six presidential races here have been. This is a classic Wisconsin nail biter. Um, And the results of this race will determine who gets to certify or not certify the 2024 presidential race in the state that was the tipping point state in both of the last two presidential races. So this could actually determine whether we have a legitimate national presidential election in 2024, so for anyone who's paying attention and cares about democracy, this is the place to go to donate, to volunteer, to do everything you can. That's the governor's race, and then we've got the. Did Senate they
1: have race. a debate? They had a debate, didn't they, Dan?
0: They had a debate last night. That's right. I, I was. Uh, I uh, did the spin room after the debate. I was there at the the uh, TV station where it happened. It was fascinating because you have Governor Evers, who is just a very decent human being who, you know, sweats the small stuff and thinks through, you know, how to make government work. And then Tim Michaels, who clearly does not have a clue how government works, who he would say vague things like, we're going to invest more money than any governor ever has in education. And then turn around and say, he wants a universal school voucher program that would drain money away from public schools all over the state. And you just taxpayer funds to pay for private school tuition. If you look at the details of his plan, which I'm pretty sure he's never read, he could cut school funding by like 40%, which could lead to school closures all over the state of Wisconsin. And the only thing he's clear about, until just recently, he would say on the stump that he will never back down from insisting that abortion bans have no exceptions for cases of rape or incest. That is That is the hill he was willing to die on. And then a couple weeks ago, I guess after realizing how ghastly that looked
1: that he was going to die on that Hill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. he, he, He announced that, uh, if someone sent him a bill that did have those exceptions, he'd sign it, which is very different from saying that he wants to be sent such a bill. And the Republicans in the legislature showed no sign of any interest in doing that. Uh, but he's now trying to kind of nuance his position on this. The reality is we, we've seen for decades he's actually personally from his fortune. he's a, you know, was born into this very wealthy construction family. He's been pouring money into the coffers of groups trying to not only ban abortion but also to ban contraception. He's he's on the very furthest right edge of this issue of trying to control the personal lives of of people in our state, and especially to control the bodies of women and put politicians into doctors' offices to determine what kind of health care procedures they can get. It's so far outside the pale. So we are hammering him on this. And frankly, we're doing the same thing now in the Senate race, because Ron Johnson, he supported these personhood amendments that would create total abortion bans, even without an exception for the life of the mother— and Johnson is now trying to run away from that. It's kind of laughable. Ron Johnson is now claiming that what he wants is a referendum where voters can decide. But there is no referendum process in Wisconsin. Uh, you have to actually pass a constitutional amendment to create a referendum process before you yeah. can have one. So Governor yeah. Evers took Ron Johnson at his word and proposed a that we amend the Constitution to allow referenda and called for a special session of the state legislature. And not only did the Republicans in the state legislature refuse to do it, Ron Johnson said that it was rushing things, and he, he didn't support this idea. So it, this is a complete charade. The reality is Ron Johnson's right there with Tim Michaels on the you know an extremist who's trying to get in the middle of decisions that should be made between a woman, her family, her doctor, um, you know the the people who are actually having the kids and. Ron Johnson wants to wants to take over, and if we can beat him and elect Mandela Barnes to the Senate, who has been a champion for the the freedom to make decisions about when and whether to start a family, we could get to fifty two votes in the Senate and actually pass the Women's Health Protection Act and codify Roe versus Wade into law. So the, the stakes in the Senate race are also massive for the state and the country.
1: Ben, I don't understand. We call go down ballot because it's really important in that state too. But I just don't understand the Republicans put candidates up who don't really know how government works, right? And they're not really interested in how hard it is to make a government do what it needs to do for the people of the state. And it is a, it's is—it's just hard work doing being in government and doing it well. Instead of paying attention to the details of how that work does, they throw up these endless culture warriors. And every time one of them wins, life gets worse for people in the state. Scott Walker's record for your state was appalling right? I just don't understand. Exactly right. People, government is a, you wouldn't hire anybody for a job this way. These are jobs.
0: This is the amazing thing. I mean, Scott Walker looks like a policy one compared to Tim Michaels. Uh, but there's one reason and one reason alone that Tim Michaels is, is in this race and his name is Donald Trump. I mean, it was Scott Walker's lieutenant governor who was running for, for governor, who is the pick of the Republican establishment in our state. And Trump felt like Scott Walker and Rebecca Clayfish and and their friends were insufficiently loyal to him personally, even though Rebecca Clayfish was falling over herself in public, appealing to Trump for his endorsement. So uh, Trump had a parade of hopefuls come down to Mar-a-Lago and chose this guy who his only government experience has been losing two previous campaigns in 1998 and 2004. Uh, he's never held elective office. He does, you know, really doesn't know a thing about this. His, his other experience, I should say, to you know, fair is fair, he has been funding these extremist anti-abortion, anti-contraception organizations, and he's been on the board of special interest lobby groups. So uh, I guess that is his that is his experience of this arena.
1: Well, it, won't, it do really the, won't do the residents of Wisconsin any favors. He doesn't know how to do the job. All right, let's go down ballot. Because you have yeah. you have a Supreme Court that needs attention. You have really important races.
0: So the Supreme Court race is actually going to be in April of 2023. That is the next.
1: Hold on, I'm sorry, I'm getting out of myself. Okay.
0: No, all good. So we will be, we will be. I hope to, to join you again and talk about that race, which will determine the majority in our state Supreme Court. It'll be incredibly important. But the first thing is to, is to hold the Democratic majority in the Senate, hopefully expand it, and re-elect Governor Tony Evers. So Mandela Barnes and Tony Evers uh, Tony Evers and Mandela Barnes governor lieutenant governor. I mean we elected these two guys in, in 2018 let's say reelect them to new offices in, in one case in 2022 and then we've got our attorney general Josh call and and that race is, race is so striking it's a little bit under the radar so Josh is a, is a also very decent thoughtful brilliant human being. He has been going cleaning up the mess left by the Republicans. There was this massive backlog of untested rape kits, of sexual assault kits mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the Republican attorney general had just never paid attention to. So Josh has now cleared that out and gotten even the Republicans in the legislature to sign on that and pass legislation to make sure we'll never have something like that again. He's uh, gone after corporate wrongdoers, including the makers of opioids, and all those things are, are you know the, the bread and butter of an attorney general's public safety, corporate crime, the rule of law, but two other things I want to really highlight that especially create a contrast with the Republican running. One is... Wisconsin has an abortion ban that was passed in the year 1849 when women didn't have the right to vote. Modern medicine hadn't been invented. It's a near total ban. There's no exceptions for, for cases of rape or incest. It, it starts at zero weeks. It's one of the harshest in the entire country. And it's been superseded by other laws that were passed after Roe versus Wade. But it's not clear right now if that 1849 ban is in effect. It's never been adjudicated. So after the... Dobbs' decision came down. Josh Collar, attorney general, announced that he would not prosecute anyone under the 1849 ban, wouldn't divert resources from public safety to to prosecuting doctors for performing healthcare uh, procedures. And then he and Governor Evers sued to strike down the ban. And that lawsuit is working its way through the courts now. If Republicans win the governorship and or the attorney general, they will yank that lawsuit as quick as you can say – Right. Anti-choice. The 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 lawsuit is the the clearest way that we can strike that down if we don't get federal legislation. And the other thing is democracy, which is you know, the attorney general is part of the apparatus to prosecute people who intimidate voters, because voter intimidation is a felony in Wisconsin. And Josh Call held a press conference to point that out before the twenty twenty election. And we had an incredibly clean, clear, fair well-run election we were rated number four in the country by the mit election performance index on the other
1: side yes and no amount of money spent to do investigations to prove otherwise uh could prove otherwise and you sure put that to the test in wisconsin
0: yeah it's we have probably the most thoroughly investigated election in the country from 2020 we had a special counsel funded by taxpayers uh you know appointed by republicans who Dug and dug and dug and was not able to do anything, uh, nope. or find. You know, he wasn't able to find the fraud that wasn't there. So that was 2020. The Republican running for governor for attorney general name is named Eric Tony. He's a prosecutor in Fond du Lac County, Wisconsin. He has kind of shown his stripes because he has announced, first of all, that he would divert public resources, uh, public safety resources, to prosecuting. Uh, you know, if the opportunity arose to prosecuting mm-hmm. people for for abortions, he was asked whether that would include would he prosecute people for performing abortions, even in cases where kids have you know survived horrible things and have become pregnant, and he refused to rule that out, which is really kind of telling about what That's his priorities disgusting. are. Yep, it's disgust. It is disgusting, and yep. and then he has started trumping up voter fraud cases in his own county and prosecuting people who like you know put a, a post office box because actually they live in a mobile home that moves around the state but they've always voted from that address he's prosecuted people who made innocent clerical errors as though they were guilty of fraud in order to create a record of being an anti-fraud you know voter fraud warrior going after often these are like Republicans who mm-hmm. were just trying to cast their their ballots that they're eligible to do in complicated situations and that is we could have a situation where we have, if Republicans get this office, the attorney general could become a force for taking away people's freedom and attacking democracy rather than defending it. So that race is totally critical. Now, the two other things I want to point out. One is the third congressional district. Uh, well, I'm going to do each of these really fast because I know we don't have a, a million years. So third congressional district and insurrectionist Derek Van Norden, who went to January 6th was on Capitol grounds, Using campaign money from his congressional race, he's on probation right now for trying to bring a loaded gun on a plane. He is trying to flip our third congressional district. Brad Paff is is a fantastic farmer's farmer. He served as an agriculture uh, appointee by President Obama and then our, our governor, and that was a state senator. Brad Paff has to defeat Derek Van Orden there, the first congressional district, and Roe. Rose on the ballot. She's running against Brian Stile, who is Paul Ryan's handpicked successor in a seat that is now competitive because of new district lines. And lastly, in our state legislature, Republicans are a hairs breadth away from supermajorities in both chambers in a 50 50 state due to ultra partisan gerrymandering. So winning the critical seats in our state legislature is also critical to the future of democracy and freedom in our state. Those, All of those races matter enormously, and we're working on all of them at once.
1: Um, I talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the show a few hours ago and covered some of that and told people, for gosh sakes, to sign up at withstems.org and figure out how you can help. Um, it, it, you, you had this f- uh, fabulous fundraising event with the cast of West Wing and Veep coming together to raise you money. You're very creative in your organizing. And I think you have an event coming up that's going to even beat that featuring a guy from my state.
0: we do indeed. Uh, We're, we're extremely excited about president Obama coming to the state of Wisconsin. Uh, He's going to be here on October 29th. This will be not a fundraiser, but a get out the vote rally, and it will be for the books. Uh, We're, we're so excited. He's coming to Milwaukee. We're going to have, you know, the, the, the governor, the attorney general, the, the lieutenant governor, our Senate candidate uh, up there on the stage. And I think it's going to send a signal to folks that it is time to get off the couch. It is time to put down whatever you're doing and cast a ballot. If we, we can see in the polls that if everyone who's thinking about voting votes, we can win all of these races. But if the people who you know, might or might not vote sit, sit this one out, Republicans will win. It's as simple as that. If this, is, this is an all hands on deck. Get out the vote and get your friends to vote kind of moment in our state. With democracy and and the most basic personal freedoms on the line, so we're thrilled that President Obama's going to be here. It's you know he is like the 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 person that you want when you're in the clutch um, in the final stretch. And I know that folks are going to be very fired up. He came in 2018 too, and we won every race uh, every race statewide that year.
1: That's so great. So so Ben, it, it, people have to understand the election is what 23 days. The polls close 23 days from now. 24 yeah. days yeah. from now. But it's not too late to make a difference
0: it is not too it's absolutely not too late in fact this is the the most critical moment to make a difference and I should say twenty four days including today so uh, you can you can do the math either way um, this is the this is kind of go time this is the moment where if everybody Contact everyone they know. I mean, that's really the first thing to do is to start with folks that you know who might not vote or who might be able might be persuadable to go either way. Get them to cast their ballots. Anyone you know who has an absentee ballot, make sure they dot every I and cross every T and get that thing in. Uh, You know, as you get closer to the election, it becomes less certain that the mail will arrive in time. So do that early. This is the time to go to org slash volunteer, W-I-S-D-E-M-S dot O-R-G slash volunteer and sign up wherever you are. You can make phone calls for us. You can do virtual phone banks from home every day. Uh, you can go and knock on doors. We're knocking on doors every weekend. and so a lot of a lot of weekdays. Folks are all over the state of Wisconsin right now knocking on doors. Those conversations really do matter. Uh, every time I go out and knock on doors, I talk to someone who's either uh, deciding whether to vote or who's on the fence about who to vote for. And especially the down-ballot races, a lot of people are not tuned into. So we can see the impact of this every time we actually put the work in. And I should I should say, if folks are, are listening who can chip in, don't hesitate. Go to wisdoms.org, and uh, a big pop-up will ask you to, to contribute right away. Um, at this juncture, it's not always like this. I mean, sometimes the early work decides the outcome before you get to the end. But this year, we have these huge structural forces that help Republicans, including the backlash kind of uh, pendulum swing that always happens when you have a president of one party. The other party has a kind of natural advantage.
1: Wind at their sails.
0: Yep. Wind at their sails. Exactly. Uh, And then another thing is that Tim Michaels is incredibly wealthy, thanks to the business that his brother runs and his parents started. And so he's self-funding his campaign to the tune of millions of dollars. And Ron Johnson has these two billionaires, the Ulines and Diane Hendricks. It's Dick and Liz, uh, Uline, Uline Fortune and Diane Hendricks. They put $30 million into his 2016 campaign. He turned around and gave them a $215 million tax cut in a single year. He insisted on adding a special provision to Trump's tax bill that benefited them Beyond belief, one estimate is they got a half billion dollars over the course of, of several years. These two people, uh, these two couple, uh, one couple, three people, I should say, two families. The These two folks, uh, Dick Uline and, and Diane Hendricks, have now put another $22 million into the biggest single candidate super PAC in the country this election cycle to reelect Ron Johnson. And we've been very effective at fundraising, but we don't know anyone who can put you know a an eight figure amount into a into a political race. So he's flooding the airwaves with these incredibly vicious, toxic, dishonest, uh, really slanderous ads uh, that superimpose Mandela Barnes's face over crime scenes and they call him dangerous. And the fact that in Amidst all of those things, because of this uprising of voters all over the state and volunteers, people working their hearts out, chipping in, independent groups, unions, state party organizers and activists and volunteers, our neighborhood teams, we have 275 of them. Because of all of that, all the communication, all the work, all the organizing, these races are tied. It's a, it's an amazing thing in a, in a midterm with a Republican president in a state that's 50-50 in a presidential year. Uh, Excuse me, in a a Democratic president in a state that's 50-50 in a presidential year to be tied at this point three weeks out. All the early work has gotten us to this point where what we do now will determine the outcome. And that means if you've ever cared for a minute about whether people get to make their own decisions about when and whether to have kids, this is the time to go for it and make sure that Ron Johnson loses and Mandela Barnes wins and that Governor Evers wins and Tim Michaels loses and that Josh Calls reelected. And yep. if you're in a place with a local race, get on that as well.
1: Okay, everybody, I think that is the call you need. I, look, um, uh, two people in my household have been this week making calls into Wisconsin, uh, having signed up through Dems. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's the easiest thing in the world. You gotta do it. Um, one last thing, and, it, and it's gonna take you just a tiny bit out of this election, which I'm only gonna do for a second. But I see that good organizing, like you, like your counterpart, Lavora Barnes is doing in Michigan every day, you guys have created such on-ramps for citizens to get involved. And not only does that make a difference in politics, But it's building stronger communities all over the state as people get to know their neighbors, as they reach out and talk to people about the things they care about. It's just um, people look at politics and say, oh, that's just politics. It's not. You're actually building community every day in the state. It's a beautiful thing to see.
0: I'm so grateful for that reflection. And I think it's exactly right. And another way of thinking about, about this is community is democracy. Democracy at its best is community. I mean, there's a sense in which politics is the you know the, the peaceful means of determining how to make contested decisions in a in a in a polity, in a group of people. But there's another sense in which democracy is actually the, the process of participating in self-government. And you building relationships sometimes between people who disagree, sometimes between people who agree, but getting people involved in the process of thinking you know what should this state community town neighborhood country world what should it be like you know what are the values that should undergird the decisions that we make collectively uh, a lot of people can just tune out and when we do when people do that all of us are poorer for it a democracy actually works best when people do bring their strongest beliefs and their deepest values to bear and often they find their common ground in part by you know by delineating where they disagree, but then they discover all the places that they don't when yep. when someone becomes a neighborhood team leader and they get their neighbors and their friends and family involved it's not easy it's sometimes it's really messy, but the result is something that affects all of their lives the lives of everyone in that community it builds the the kind of the, the web that pulls us all together so I'm, I'm so grateful for for your sharing that idea and I do think that's what what I wish both parties were doing at their best. And it's a vision for how to become a a better America.
1: Yeah. All right, everybody. That was the last word we're going to get for now from Ben Wickler, who leads the Wisconsin Dems. And I hope you will sign up. It's really important. We're going to go to break. Ben, will you stay on one second? I have a question for you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We're going to go to break. Stay tuned. I'm taking your calls when we come back.